Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series, Pillars. Acts 17, verse 16. It reads something like this. It says, While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, what's this babbler trying to say? With these strange ideas he's picking up, others said he seems to be preaching about uh, some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know more about it. Now, in parentheses, it says this. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seem to spend all their time discussing the latest and greatest ideas. Uh, added greatest. Verse 22. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens. That's how my Bible reads, reads it in um, the Bible app, and I listen to it. Men of Athens. I noticed that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had the inscription on it to an unknown God. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one that I'm telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve His needs, for He has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. For one man, he created all the nations throughout the entire world. He decided beforehand when they should rise and when they should fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose, verse 27, was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Though he is not far from any of us, for in him we live and move and have our existence. As some of your own poets have said, we are the offspring. We are his offspring. Verse 29, and since this is true, we shouldn't think as God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or from silver. God overlooked people's ignorance in the past, in the earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he approved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed <laughs> in contempt. But others said, oh, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them. But some joined him and became believers. Among them was Dionysius, a member of the council, and a woman named Demarius, and others that were with them. God, thank you so much for the word that you have given us today. I pray that you just speak through me. I'll help me in the best way that I can. In your name, I pray. Amen.
And amen. I want to tell you about a miracle that's happened in my life. So, I mean, I, like it's an actual miracle that happened. You can believe it. You cannot believe it. I don't really, um, it's not for you to believe or not believe. I'm just going to tell you, and it was real to me. And so here it was. I was on a golf course, Miss Amy. I was just like hitting some, hitting some golf balls when I was in college. And I, um, I wanted so desperately to be a professional golfer, Mr. Donnie. Like, I love golf. I wanted to be a professional. Probably is. I couldn't putt. Like, I was like terrible at putting. Hit the golf ball good. Can't putt. And so that's the problem. Well, when I was in college, I practiced all the time. I mean, hours and hours and hours a day. Hours and hours and hours and every day in a week. But what I would do is that I would get on my phone and I would go to a podcast. Well, back then it was really not podcast. It was um. It was YouTube, and I would go to YouTube, and I would look at a sermon, and I would listen to the sermon, and I would lay it on the ground, and I would listen to it, and I would just sit there and hit golf balls all day, all day, all day. And God was really doing some things to me, and my favorite person to listen to, um, I don't know if you know this guy or not, his name is Louis Giglio. Have you ever heard of him, Louis Giglio? It's Louis Giglio. I love this dude. And so I would listen to him like every single day, and God was doing some crazy works inside of me, like I think I'm just... Draw me closer to him. And then this crazy thing happened with ceasefire. Ceasefire. It was. What was ceasefire, by the way? It used to be Cellular South. And then they went to ceasefire. And I don't know if it was that time they did this, but it was sometime in that transition that they said, we're only going to allow certain amounts of data to be used per month. And so you can use like 30 minutes of online streaming. Do you remember when they did this about four or five years ago? You can use 30 minutes of online streaming. Well, I was using 30 hours a week in online streaming, listening to like sermons and stuff on the golf balls. And when they did this, I was devastated. And so I would sit here and listen to 30 minutes and then YouTube, you had to pay an extra subscription or something to do more than 30 minutes. And so then it would just cut off. And no joke, this is Honest to God's truth. It started to cut off, and I would just take off balls and not listen to anything. You know, just, and I went home and I prayed. And I said, God, I don't know um, if this is even possible, but is there any way that you could just allow me to listen to, like, if you could just like, allow me to listen to it? I don't know. The very next day I went out there, I turned it on, and I listened all day. All day, all day. And that happened every single week after that prayer. Every single week after that prayer. And it got to the point, and it never would cut off after 30 minutes. And um, my brother said, are you just racking up the bill? I was like, no, I mean, this is uh, completely free. And my mom had that concern because we were driving in the car. She said, Drake, how are you listening to YouTube so much? I said, well, mom, crazy story enough. I just prayed and it happened. And I don't think she believes me. She probably don't believe me today. But that, no doubt, happened in my life. And to me, that was something crazy that God was doing. But I want to talk today. We're in a new series called Pillars. And I want to talk today specifically about evangelism. And when we think about evangelism, we tend not to think about it in the same terms that we view like a miracle. Like that. Like, think about this. In the Bible, in the New Testament... When it's talking about lost people, here's what it says about lost people. Here's how it defines them. It says that they are blind, that they are deaf, and that they are lame. And it also uses dead, which also makes you lame, lame, and deaf, I guess. And so I just want you to think about it like this. Think about it like this. Um, um, Mr. Billy, Mr. Billy Gully. If you was to go out in the cemetery over here and like walk out these doors, and all you had to do, oh, this is all you had to do. You had to pray 
and ask some, like just pray and get somebody to raise up out of the grave. Like just raise up from the tomb. Like just like rise from the dead and then start walking again. Who would you take with you? I mean, if that's what you had, that had to have, you had to walk out this door, go to the cemetery and pray. In your mind, don't say it out loud, in your mind, who would you take with you to go over there and raise somebody from the dead? I mean, it didn't have to be a mass revival. You just needed one person. All you had to do was raise one person from the dead. If that was to happen, who would you take with you? Would it be a great communicator? Would it be the, the best band? Best means? I, I would doubt. Probably not. But... Think about it in your life. Who would you take? And the same miracle that we would walk out of here and get somebody to rise from the dead is the exact same miracle. Here it is. Is the exact same miracle that it takes for someone who is lost, dead, in their sins to be brought to life again in Jesus Christ. Same thing. Same thing. Like, let's look at this little story right here. Okay. It says, I guess, I guess, I guess, like in me, in me, God was blowing some things up in my life. God was changing when I was, you know, on the golf course every day. God was changing some things in my life. And in the very same way, God was blowing Paul up. God was blowing Paul up inside. And some things in Paul's life was beginning to change. And because of it, he started to preach about Jesus. And here's number one, I guess, like thing that I see. It's right here. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He was deeply troubled. So this is number one that I would think right here. Um, he was aware of his situation and he was grieved at what he saw. He was aware of the situation. He observed and he was free by what he saw. I mean, Paul walked into this place. He was like, oh, man. Look at all these idols. Look at all this stuff. Oh, and he was great. I mean, he wasn't thinking about at, at being at the restaurant. Um, am I going to have, am I going to eat a Greek cheeseburger? Or am I going to go with a pizza? Like, what am I going to eat at the restaurant? He looked and had spiritual eyes and said, oh, my goodness. What's going on right now? Let me explain this. I like this. In this wonderful um, thing is a Steph Curry poster that has never been opened. And it's not going to be open probably ever. I'm just going to sell it. That's what I'm going to do. And you say, well, Drake, why haven't you opened it? I don't know. It could be like Kevin Durant or LeBron James in here. I wouldn't know the difference. I bought this online and it's mint condition. I'm not going to open it. This is awesome. And and this is amazing. Steph Curry poster is in here. Um, let me explain like this. Miss um, Leanna, you was asking me, Trey, why do you like the Golden State Warriors so much? And he's like, you need to tell people why you like the Golden State Warriors so much. Um, so, um, Steph Curry, he, he's their main starter. He is one of the few basketball players that I know of who is on fire for Jesus. I'll give you an example. Every time that he, and I, was, I was, grew up watching him, every time that he, you know, sauces and dices, slices and dices, and throws up a three and makes it, he hits his chest and he points up to God. In his testimony, he gives this. He says, God has given me a special talent and gift and ability. And it's my way of giving glory back to him. And he says this in all of his, his comments. I love the way that he like supports Jesus. I mean, he has a tattoo. Um, and it says, uh, 
God is greater than my highs and lows. God is, and it's, it doesn't say that. It's like arrows and stuff, but the meaning is God is greater than my highs and lows. Steph Curry. Um, and, and besides that, he's amazing anyways. And so I love the Golden State Warriors pretty much because of him. But this, they, they, they were in a game the other night, and they were losing by uh, two points. And one of the players, uh, it was an overtime game, and he throws up a last-minute buzzer beater down by two. And Griff, um, this is the, oh, wow, that looks weird. <laughs> And that is my love. Like, I, I can't explain. That was just the other night. And I figured I'd show you that. Anyways, um, Clay Thompson is Steph Curry's like best friend. But he's also his best teammate. He's amazing. He's super talented. And the other day, Clay tore his Achilles. And I was so sad. I called Cal. I was like, Cat, like, like, Clay, it's not going to be a good year. Clay, that's towards Achilles. This ain't going to be good. She's like, it's okay, baby. It's just basketball. She's like, no, it's not just basketball. Clay, that's towards Achilles. And like, I love this dude. I've never met him. I've been to San Francisco just to watch him twice. But I was so sad. And then I was thinking, like, in my mind, when is the last time that I was that grieved over somebody not knowing who Jesus is? When is the last time that I, I got on my knees and prayed to God and was crying and was grieved and was saddened in my spirit and was just so had the audacity of like this person doesn't know who you are, God. Will you please speak to them and show them who you are? When's the last time that that has happened to me? I remember I thought about this and I was asking Cal. I was like, when really? When is the last time? And I thought about it. This is the last. This is probably one of the times I can think of. Um, in high school, uh, in college, I had this teacher. His name was David David Higginbotham. And he was a crazy guy. He taught Spanish. And I remember I would go to class every day, and I would just listen, and I would observe his comments, and I would observe the situation. And I realized that he would continue saying that he was a Buddhist. He was a Buddhist. He was a Buddhist. He was a Buddhist. I saw, okay, I'm going to do something with this. And I would go inside. I would go into my dorm, and every single day I would feel so bad for Mr. David. I was like, because he was such a nice man, Mr. Christian. He was such a nice man. I knew he was a Buddhist. I knew he didn't believe in God. It would break my heart. And eventually, God was like, I want you to go in here and speak to Mr. David. I want you to go in here and speak to Mr. David. The last week of class, we got done taking our finals. And I walked in, and everybody else walked out of the classroom. And so there I sat. I intentionally took really slow, Mr. John. Intentionally. I'm not normally this slow test taker. No, I'm just kidding. I really am. And I just sat there, and I was the last one. I turned to my test. I was like, hey, Mr. David, I want to talk to you about something. And it's been um, on my heart. And I said, don't take this approach in evangelism. It's not the best approach. But I said, don't laugh at me. Okay, you can laugh. I said, I believe in Jesus. And I noticed that you said you're a Buddhist, and I'm guessing that you don't believe in Jesus, but you live in Mississippi, and so if you live in Mississippi, I know you've at least heard about Jesus. You probably had some experience in the church, and if I'm guessing, you probably had some bad experience with the church, and they probably ran you off and um, didn't accept you. And then so then you went to something else, which is Buddhism. He said, you're correct. And I said, okay, well, good. I just want to tell you one thing, Mr. David. Um, I'm telling you this from a loving heart. Don't take this approach in evangelism. Never take this. He said, I care about you, Mr. David. You're an amazing person. And it would be selfish of me not to tell you this. It's uncomfortable for me to tell you this, but I believe unless you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then you're going to die and go to hell. Not the best message of the whole thing. And he, 
he, he said, Drake, thank you so much for telling me. And we talked a little bit. Of, we talked more about it than that. And so I left that class. And nothing ever happened. Nothing ever happened. But we just had a conversation. It was, it was, it was, it was that conversation. It, it, I, was, I was burdened for him. I was burdened for him. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me say this. Let me go to my next point. Um, verse 17. Verse 17. If you'll look up with me. It says this. He went to synagogues. Verse 17. He went to synagogues to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. And he spoke daily in the marketplace to all who happened to be there. Now it says, some of your translation says, um, the public square. Well, uh, public square, marketplace, doesn't really matter. Here's the second thing I really love about Paul. Is that Paul could speak synagogue. And then Paul could also speak public square. He could also speak marketplace. Um, let me give you this example. Um, um, Ms., let me say this first. When I say speak public square or speak marketplace, I'm not really talking about um, like the language that you use. I mean, I'm not talking about going and like dropping f bombs. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm relating to the marketplace, fam. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this, Miss um, Amy. Do you remember the other day when you're like <laughs> talking to me and you said? You can do photography? And I was like, yes, ma'am. And you said, I really just don't like you, Drake. I really just don't like you. He's like, you can do everything. You know, you play golf. You can play the piano. You can do the, uh, the photography now. You play sports. You hunt. You, and, and I think I was cooking that night. I was like, you, like, you, just, uh, you just like annoy me. And that's so funny. I think that's a little bit about what I'm talking about. Is, is that I try to know a little bit about everything so that I can relate to people. And if I see you walking up to me with like an Alabama shirt on, I can say, hey, I had a really great year last year or this year. Um, wow. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt Jones was a really amazing quarterback. The Heisman Trophy winner. He did really good. Um, marketplace. Being able to speak marketplace. Let me say it like this. Um, um, uh, Mr. J, do you remember um, the little plot back there? It's like if you get across uh, the road, you have to go across the, uh, the bridge. It's super sketchy. You know what I'm talking about? The iron bit bridge. I'm, I'm talking about deer hunting now. Go across the bridge. Go almost the box stand, but you take that left right there and kind of go back to that. It's like a millennium that's back there. You have the camera, and you know what I'm talking about now? I was sitting in that stand Monday. It was crazy. It was super cold, but I was sitting in that stand, and it was the day that it snowed also. And so I was like, I'm going to see something today. And I was sitting in that stand, and God spoke to me this. Are you ready? He spoke to me. I, I say he spoke to me. Let me rephrase that. I think God was like this in my heart. That's a better way to phrase that. I think God was like this in my heart. In order to speak marketplace, you have to be in the marketplace. In order to speak marketplace, you have to speak marketplace. In order to speak marketplace, you have to be in the marketplace. Is that not true? Though? And here's what God laid on my heart. He said, Drake. You are around a bunch of church people all the time. Like all the time, like all day you're around a bunch of church people. And that's not a problem per se. It's good to have good influences in Miss Marie. I mean, it's good to be around people that you like, that you know, and really that support you and help you. But Drake, you got to learn that you got to get out in the marketplace too. You got to do something other than what you're doing right now. Because if you continue on this path, you are going to do zero evangelism. You are going to make zero disciples. All you're going to do is to hang around a lot of church people.
people. And I said, okay, God, well, what do you suppose I do? And so just the other day, I decided that, I, and I, I told the cat about it. I said, cat, I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something different. And so we talked about it. And the other day, I went to like a ton of restaurants and was just like, hey, um, is there any way that I can work on Fridays? I mean, Friday evenings, can I come and work? Can I come and work? Um, just let me come on a Friday evening and I'll just wait tables and I don't know, maybe something, maybe God can use that. Maybe I can wait a table and pray for somebody or lead somebody to Christ or maybe, I don't know, the people that I work with, I can somehow try to lead that conversation to Jesus Christ because right now I am not in the marketplace and I need to be in the marketplace. And I say that as all, to all of us today. Not only do we need to speak marketplace and know a lot about stuff so we can relate to people and I can relate to people other than church, but I want to actually be in the marketplace. Because I know a lot of people, Mr. John, that are really good about talking marketplace. And they can talk about a chemical plant, right? That's where you, they can talk chemical plant and this pH solution. And then we mix this with this and got a little basic and acidic. And we mix those together and really talk good marketplace. Very smart. And I also know a lot of people that can talk really good um, synagogue talk. You know, I listened to another podcast this week and I listened to another worship song. And like, speaking of worship song, I, I, don't kick me out for this. Um, I've enjoyed being your pastor, okay? I didn't know one of the people up there. And then Griff was like, Drake, this was the other day he showed me the song. He's like, do you really not know this person? I was like, no, I don't know. Do you not know this person? No, I don't know that. Please tell me you know this. I was like, no, I don't know. I know a lot of people that can really talk some good synagogue talk. But I think it's powerful when you can be both. I think it's powerful when you can be both. And relate to people, make disciples. Um, lastly, I would say this. I would say this. Um, Paul goes and he's in the marketplace and the marketplace is like, hey, you need to go speak to the high council. And so he leaves there and he goes to Mars Hill. They call it the Areopagus. And he stands on Mars Hill. And this is what he says on Mars Hill. He says, you have an idol called the unknown God. It's like, that's good. But what you worship is unknown. Our worship is known. And then he does this. Number three. I, I'm learning this from Paul. Um, number three. Here it is. He did not skimp out on the gospel. He did not skimp out on the gospel. Because at the end of the day, Ms. Cindy, at the end of the day, Ms. Art, we're going to have to take a chance for people to reject us. We're going to have to take a chance for people not to like us. And present the gospel anyways. Because some people will turn off. We have to take a chance for people to reject us. Paul did not skimp out on the gospel. Um, um, I'll close and I'll tell this story. Um, me and Kat went the other day and we saw Miss Megan. You remember that? When we went, we, we had this whole date planned. Our whole date was that we went to this waterfall. It was really pretty. It was beautiful. And we, we was going to have a little romantic picnic out there. So we went to the waterfall and we were sitting there. And then this one lady came up to, her, to us. Actually, she was already there. She played some music. Her name was Megan. She was like, I think she should have been born in like the 80s or I guess... Yeah, I mean, she, she was definitely an eighth flower child. She was like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. So we kind of start um, talking to her. And I remember, I, I did this, I did this. I observed the situation. I said, okay. And then I, um, I, I, I wouldn't say I really spoke marketplace. I, I think I tried to relate to her a lot. I really tried to relate to her and try to get on the same page. And then we were talking, and we were talking about all kind of crazy stuff. 
And then I said this phrase. You remember this? I said, well, me too. And what really helps me when I feel overwhelmed or I feel like I don't have a lot, I don't know what's going on, is prayer. And I really pray a lot. And then she said, oh my goodness, I pray a lot also. And I, and I could tell in the situation that she was praying to God, not Jesus, right? So I said, well, that's good. I want to be clear, though. I pray to Jesus, and he is the one that really helps me get through the day. And we sat there, and we talked about another 45 minutes, and me and Catherine left. And we took our Bible. She always carries an extra Bible just in case this ever happens. And we put some money in there. We put some food and some drinks because she, um, she, she really needed it. And then we just highlighted some verses, wrote them in the front, wrote a little letter, and sat it right there in her 1980s Volkswagen bus. You know, I'm talking about it really was 80s. And we set it right there in that. And, and walking out, Kat said, Drake, I think we did a good deed today. We planted a seed. And I turn around and say, Cat, it's not about planting seeds. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. But it's not about plant, only planting seeds. Because at the end, it says, among them, this is the last verse in what we read, among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, and a woman named Demarius, and others that were with him. It's about making disciples. Planting seeds is good, but making disciples is better. Making disciples is better. And so take a chance. Be rejected. Go on. All the way. My teacher, Mr. David Higginbottom, he called me up the other day. He called me up the other day. He said, hey, Drake. I said, yes, sir. He said, do you know who this is? I said, yes, sir. This is Mr. David, uh, Professor David. And he said, yeah, it is. He said, I just want to tell you something, Drake. Do you remember that conversation? I know exactly what it was. I said, yes, sir. I remember that conversation. He said, you came up to me. I can't tell you how much that meant to me. In all my years, I've never had one student that approached me after class or at any time and told me what you told me. And I just want you to know that I really appreciate it. So I was driving around the other day. And I went to church. And I was thinking about you and I went to church. I, I just want you to know that I gave my life to Christ the other day. And he's telling me this. And he said, it's because the seed that you plant. Seed, planting seeds is amazing. And making disciples is even better. So... Starting in February, the first Friday in February, the first Friday in February, starting this February, it's going to be every Friday for a little while. What I am going to do is me personally. I am going to, for an hour on Friday, an hour out of that day, I'm going to go and evangelize the people. I'm going to go and evangelize the people. And I'm also inviting that to you. Whoever wants to come with me, more than welcome to come and evangelize with me. I'm not sure how it's going to go. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do. But I know that God is calling me to go out into the marketplace and into, um, to go and make disciples. And so I'm going to do that starting Friday, the first Friday in February. I believe it's the 6th. I'm going to start that. I'm not sure exactly what time. And I'm inviting Anybody who wants to come with me, it's going to be a lot of, I'll, I'll explain a little bit about what's going to happen. We're going to have other leaders that are going to come. We need about, we need men and we need women. We need young, young people and we need older people. We need a little bit of everything because y'all relate better um, than just one of us will. 
And I think it's going to be great. We're not all going to go up to one door at the same time. Only two go up to a door. If we do door to door, if we do another style, that'd be different. But two will go at a time. Anyways, I'm just going to invite y'all. If y'all want to come, y'all more than welcome. If you don't have to, I just want you to know that I think as a church, um, I'm, going, I'm going to at least try my best to, to, to go and win some souls. And I just wanted to invite y'all with me. But I just want to review that. Once again, is to... Speak synagogue, speak marketplace. Um, don't skip on the gospel and grieve the lost. And grieve, grieve the lost. If you want to, if you want to get involved with that, just come and holler at me, talk to me, um, and, we'll, and I'll get you plugged in. It's really not plugged in. I mean, just tell me. We'll go together. It might just be me and you, but we'll do it. So, anyways, let's pray.